Welcome to another episode of Lucas and Mo versus the World. I'm not gonna talk too much. I'm just gonna stop right here and I'm gonna let Lee do his thing. Okay, oh, do do you do your little intro? Like I'm surviving Mo right now. <laughs> this, this is it's just taking a while to get. I just want to tell my story and have people understand that Mo touched me in a special place as he made me wait for a fucking hour as all our technical difficulties got worked out. Yeah, it did. It was a lot of technical stuff to get through, but we got through it. Um, the episode's Man, here. It shit right. took longer than Kevin Hart's rollout for whoa, his apology whoa, whoa, whoa. for oh, the you know Oscars. The, the, apology, the apology that he doesn't want to give, that he's telling people he's done giving, and now he's telling us, oh, I'm done. I'm not even hosting a thing. I forget who's asking him to host it at this point. It is the last no, one no, no, no one. Oscar, the Oscars announced that they will go without a host. <laughs> <laughs> they literally announced, like, we'll do this show without a host. We don't need one. And Kevin Hart's like, I'm not going to host anymore. I'm like, come on, dude. Who cares? At this point, like, right? No one gives a shit. This is all on nigga, you, Kevin. Nigga, you're not, you're, you're not Dave Chappelle. Like, no one's no. waiting for Kevin Hart to host. I, I, you, know what's, you know what's so funny, right? Again, remember when he went on Ellen, and I think they talked about this is going to be Oh, this is your show. This is your. This has been your dream. So you're gonna host it. And he made that whole thing on Ellen's show, and he said, "Oh yeah, it's my dream. It's my show. I'm gonna host." And this is how you fuck up your dream, or this is how you decide. Oh, it's my. I don't see. If I had a dream, if my dream was to host the Oscars at some point in my life, and people listen to the show, and you pick out something, I had a dream. Bro, let me tell you, people, I will. I will apologize (laughs) because that's my dream. It doesn't matter. You see, my pride, I'm going to remove my pride from the matter. So I'm going to apologize. I think what Kevin Hart is doing, he's very prideful. He's upset that he got caught. He's not really He's not really sorry about what he said. He knows what yeah. he said. He, he meant funny. what he said. He meant what yeah, he said, right? and he thought like, it was funny. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. And if you stand with Kevin Hart, if, you, if you're one of those people who think what he said is okay and it's funny to say, I want you to t- look at it like this. Put yourself in the shoe or in the foot of someone who's actually lived what Kevin Hart said as a joke and then translate it into your life and see how funny it is at that point. Not a lot or, of people can say that. Or just say, you know, if, if you're black and you think what Kevin Hart said shouldn't be offended, just imagine if someone said, if my son ended up being black, I would beat him. <laughs> I would beat him to death instead exactly. of him being black. Exactly. Would you, would you find that funny? I don't think yeah, you'd find that that funny. Yeah, you wouldn't. So uh, I don't I don't want to hear people say it's a joke. Yeah, it's, a, it's if it was a joke back then, and people are telling you right now it's not a joke anymore. Okay, my bad. I, I apologize. Yes, yeah, I didn't what? find it oh, funny no more. My bad. I'm sorry. It's, and move on. That's it. That's it. And move, move on. on. But you keep saying I don't want to apologize anymore. I'm done. It's over. Fuck it. I don't and, even want to. And then he apologizes again. And then, then he apologizes again. It's so funny. You went on Ellen to show that oh, you're first, not homophobic. Remember, I think you went remember on Ellen first, to show he wasn't homophobic. First, 
first he did uh, with a Vi- Viarity interview. Yes. Where he said Wait. he wasn't going to host. He did that yes. first. Then a day later, he went on Ellen and just contradicted that entire interview he did with them. And then since then, he's done interview after interview about not apologizing, but apologizing because I don't really want to host the Oscars, but I would. And man, the whole time, the Academy, like, we, we didn't even ask you, you for your new number. Like, why are you exactly. talking about it this much? Exactly. You still on this. <laughs> We've been moved on. The Academy at this point is like an excess moved on. Like, now, you know what's funny? You know what I think is particularly funny is he's doing. He's. I, I feel like the reason this keeps coming up is because he's doing, uh, you know, the, the press upset. score for his movie, Cause the, right? Because the upside comes out. That's the only reason yes. we're talking about this. Because the but movie can, comes out. But can you imagine that? Usually, when people do press tours, don't you do it with your co-star? If it's a movie like Bri- this, Brian, Brian Cranston wants no part Brian, of this. Yo, yo, the he distance, wants no part of this. It's so funny because I don't think I've even seen Brian Crafton do the press uh, circuit for this movie. Or maybe have you, we're not. Have you even because... have you ever seen Kevin Hart talk about the movie and not the apology? No, no. It's, mm. it's always. I said it. I dressed it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You just sound angry. You sound angry that you got caught. You sound well, really mad that somebody pulled your tweets from ten years ago. That's what you sound like. And well, right again, now. It could be because the upside is about to be his lowest opening film in a pretty long time, and it's because he can't do he can't do press for it. Because if he does press for it, they're going to ask him about the question. They're going to ask him why didn't he apologize, or they're going to ask him where's this original apology that you said you did that no one can find. Crazy. I also think I also think it's a thing where his his uh, publicist or his PR people are like, "Yo, Kevin, just." Apologize. Just know that wherever you go, this question is going to come up. Man, they probably right now. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they tell him what to do. He says, okay, I'll do it. He gets there and he gets flustered and he gets upset and he just says, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done dealing with it. Nah, bro. You're doing it the wrong way. He's going to host the Oscars in 2020. Nobody's going to. We'll see. We'll see. If they let him do it. Anyways, uh, we got topics, right, Luke? Welcome. Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, as we just went off for about Kevin Hart and a little taste of surviving R. Kelly. I'm not going to talk about it. I was just listening to Ignition before we started the show because I love R. Kelly's music. And I have decided oh that it doesn't matter how many. All right. Let's just talk about the topics today okay. for our At show. Before I go any further and <laughs> offend people with my love for R. Kelly and R. Kelly's oh masterful music. Oh, God. Oh Instead, God. on today's episode of Lucas and Mo Oof. versus the world, we will be nice. discussing Young Justice, its first three episodes, and why Batman is a dick. And we're going to also have a throwback movie review of mine, my choice of a movie. You won't know until we get to that point. I'm not spoiling anything when it comes to my movie review. And we will do a recap of the Golden Globes, a.k.a. Please Someone Watch. We will give all the popular movies awards that they don't deserve. We're also going to talk about the synopsis for Bad Boys 3, Venom sequel, which finally gets announced by Sony. But first, Mo, early reviews have been released for M. Night Shyamalan's 
next blockbuster glass, which currently sits on Rotten Tomato at 35%. So, you want to discuss these early reviews. So, Mo, have you (laughs) had a chance to peek and read any of the early reviews on glass? I've seen, a, I've seen a couple of them. I've listened to a couple of them. Now, a, a big thing, resounding thing with a lot of these reviews is the first half of this movie is phenomenal. F is for phenomenal. Second. So the first, the first two acts are great. James McAvoy, great. And then it comes to M. Night Shyamalan trying to twist himself, you know, or outdo himself, which is what he always does. And he puts himself in a bind instead. So... <clears throat> so the third act of this movie is trash. And you know what's funny? You know what resounding... It, so now, M. Night Shyamalan set out to make a superhero movie that's grounded in reality. I don't know if you know... I don't even think that's what he was set, setting up to do. But he just wanted to make some kind of thriller, you know, intelligent kind of movie like that. And uh, he's ended up making a regular superhero movie where the first two acts are okay and then the third act is where... <laughs> The whole movie falls apart, which is what I'm getting from all these reviews. Is M. Night started out making out something different, and then he turned around and he made the regular superhero movie. And yeah, he's gonna get punished for that. See, yeah, my reviews I have read. I, I one, I personally know someone who went to go see it, a critic, mm-hmm. and he told me it was horrible. He said, from pacing to story, I asked him, was any parts good? He said, nope. Not none. He said James McAvoy is much better than the rest of them, but he said he's not great, but it still feels like he's in a completely different movie. But from the other reviews I have read on this movie, the constant thing is it's really exciting at times when you first see all three of them on screen. Uh-huh. And then it's like nothing else happens. It's like he's trying to find a way to make it interesting for all three of them to be on screen. And he can't find a way to do it. I've seen reviews call this a horrible mess. I've seen reviewers call this the most disappointing film in M. Night Shyamalan Lamb's career. Yeah, like, I saw that too. Like, I've seen some nasty, nasty BVSC reviews for Glass, which, as I had to explain to someone who tried to tell me, well, maybe it could be Venom, meaning critics don't like it, but audiences love it. I said, you know what? No, because M. Night Shyamalan does not make movies that are divisive. You either like it or you hate it. It's no middle ground. He's not made one film that is a middle ground film where you may get a split between what audiences and critics thought. We tend to be, we see eye to eye with critics with his movies because unfortunately, he tries to make them different and they tend to be straightforward and the same. So, Mo, what was your expectations for this movie beforehand? So when, I don't know, I don't think I was one of those people that was highly anticipating this movie, again, because I know who the director is. Every, okay, so let's look at, what was it, uh, Sixth Sense, uh, Unbreakable. Great movie. And then, yeah, and then in between those movies, they've been horrible movies. And then we get, was it The Visit or The Village? The Visit, right? The Visit. That was the good one. And then Wayward Pines kind of started okay, but you know, the way it ended, whatever. But then, so every in between a good movie we get for M. Night, every, 
it's like every one good movie we get three bad ones. So we got we got <laughs> our bad no seriously we got our bad movies. Then we got Glass. I'm sorry. Then we got Split. I know. After every good movie, he doesn't do back to back good movies. Let's be honest. This well, let's be let let's be even more brutally honest with M Night Shyamalan Lamb's movies. Right, fast, because it's the best way to put it. He did the Sixth Sense, was yes. which was brilliant, fantastic, yes, brilliant. But in all honesty, the brilliancy of it is the twist at the end. The actual movie is not great. It's okay. Yeah, it's what kinda, people it's... what people won't admit is that Unbreakable, the movie, not the story, the movie, is close to being average. It's not really a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's a good movie, but it's not in all honesty, and the center score for Unbreakable when it was released was a C. Which means audiences really didn't like it. But mm-hmm. we look at it now over time like it's some great type of movie. It really isn't. To me, I've always felt the other great really good movie he did was Signs. But yes, that, yes. I believe, was pushed way more by Mel Gibson giving a great performance in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then after Signs, we get the drop-off. We get The Village. You get Lady in the Water. God you get, damn. You, you get know what? Bird Box 1. I was anticipating that one, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You get the last airbender and then he tried to make a slight comeback as a producer when he did devil then he turned around as a director and did after earth and then we've gotten to a decent film a decent film in a visit it's only decent not great it's decent uh-huh. we got split which split hmm. i'm trying to put a nice way to put this with split i, I want to think split 100 split. james mcavoy Split holds more in common with signs than it did with, ever with Unbreakable or uh-huh. with The Sixth Sense because James McAvoy's performance is so great. It overlooks that the movie's plot actually isn't that good. Same thing with signs. Mel Gibson's performance was so great, it overlooked that the rest of the movie wasn't as good. That's what gets away with signs. And that twist at the end that, oh my God, it's connected to another good to average movie. Like and people, then people got so hyped for Glass. No one questioned. Wait a minute, you kind of rushed into this movie really, really fast because Split made a lot of money. And now, from the reviews, it looked like we got the film that we all deserve to get from M Night Shyamalan. <clears throat> we get a shitty movie. Now, unfortunately for myself, people out there in Lucas and Mo Land, I have decided to torture myself. And sit through an M. Night Shyamalan marathon just to see Glass a week early. Have fun. So I have to sit through Unbreakable, which I, again, I will openly admit people do like it. I understand it. I have never been a fan of Unbreakable as a movie. I find it rather boring. I'm going to have to sit through that rather boring movie, turn back around, sit through Split, which I haven't seen since the, we saw the screener of Split. Which was what two years ago at this point? Yep, that's the last time I saw Split. So now I'm gonna have to sit through Split again, and then I get to sit through Glass 
And if it's as bad as it, if it's if glass is as bad as the review stated is, it's going to be made worse by me sitting through two other films that are kind of good first. Like you never want something to compare a movie to right before you see the movie. Unfortunately, I'll be in a situation where I'm going to be comparing Glass to Split no matter what because I'm seeing Split and right behind it, they're going to play Glass. So, I mean, it's here or there. People were really anticipating this movie. I always thought this movie was going to be bad. So this is not shocking to me, these reviews right now, because I don't trust Samuel Jackson nor Bruce Willis in a lead role. So, see... For me, more so, if if this movie is as bad, because I'll eventually see it at some point. I mean, I'm definitely going to hear your review because I'm not going to screen this shit. Uh, <laughs> I'll eventually see this at some point. And if it's as bad, for me, it'd be like, it's okay. At this point, we should be... Like, what we did to Zack Snyder needs to happen to M. Night Shyamalan. He needs to be stopped. Like it's But the, the key part with M. Night Shyamalan is okay, that... Okay. For every one, for every three bad movies, there's gonna be one good one, good to okay, okay to good you, movie. We can't say that about Zack Snyder. I'm just well, saying. Come on. So, so what you're saying now is because okay, let's just say three bad movies to one good one. So if if Glass is bad, uh, Glass if Glass is bad, right? We got two more bad ones till we get to the well, next good one. Think about it. Think about it though. We got uh, Six Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. While two of those aren't great movies, they're not bad movies. Okay. And then what about we went through a then we went through a stretch of really bad movies. <laughs> we went through a whole stretch of bad movies. And then we got these. So is it he does three good movies and then he gives you five bad ones? Is that what we're trying to say here? So exactly. So we got four more then if that's the case. Four more bad or, movies. I give you a bigger yeah, issue with M Night. Uh-huh. Or is it that M. Night Shyamalan cannot wow. handle the pressure of making a good movie? And what I mean I is so. that Sixth Sense was made with no pressure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It shocked everybody. I believe he went into production for Unbreakable rather quickly. Unbreakable and Signs right after the Sixth Sense. So how much pressure was it on him? Especially Unbreakable did not come close to living up. To six cents. So to me, that dropped pressure off of him. But Signs was a huge commercial hit. And then he felt pressure like, I gotta give, I gotta shock them again, like I've been doing. And then we got shitty movie after shitty movie after shitty movie two. We got the Bird Box one. And then we get the visit. No pressure with the visit because people have forgotten he existed as a director. Mm-hmm. And right after true. the visit, we get split. In all honesty, even people who like the visit, they didn't like compare it to an M. Night movie because it was one of those cam movies. Mm-hmm. Split was like his first back to like action type films, back to M. Night Shyamalan type films. And then we get that and we like, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And then all the pressure hits him again and we get what it looks like Glass is going to be, which is a bad movie. I think he needs to just disappear for another four years, not make anything, and then come back and make a small movie that people don't know nothing about until it comes out. Maybe that's what maybe that's what needs to happen. 
But yo, speaking of critical bombs and fan darlings, Venom was last year's one of last year's like critical bombs that the fans loved. And it made Sony so much money because they made it on the on the cheap. And now we have a sequel planned. So Lou, what do you think? I mean, I kind of felt like it was what do you think? I'm interested in the sequel for Venom because mm-hmm. I'm interested to see who who they're going to get to direct it. The director who did the first Venom will not be able to do the second Venom because he's doing Zombieland 2. I, if I remember correctly, he's doing Zombieland 2, so he's not going to be able to do Venom 2. So my thing is, who do you hire to do Venom 2, and how is that story going to shape itself? I'm very interested in that because I hate to say it. I hate to use his name. What happens if they were able to like get their hands on someone like a James, no. James Gunn to do Venom oh, 2? You know what? You know what? I wouldn't be mad. I don't think it would be the worst thing ever if they got James Gunn. He would make it interesting. He would make it fun, just as fun as the first. Evil. Because that's the key part. Or what happened if Sony decides to ask Lord Ed Miller to do it? Yo. Or or Brad Bird, who I think is also a pretty good who? comic comic balance director. Granted, he's only done the um incredible films and one Mission Impossible film, but True. I believe he can do live action pretty well. I think the key part to this is gonna be you're gonna have to find a comedic director who, who can do action. So and Tim Miller is in a running too, I would say. Yeah. And Especially with his success with Deadpool, which was a low-budget yes. film, like yes. Venom 2 will be. You want to you wanna match the tone of the first one? You just... I mean, I think it's going to make money regardless, but I just think... I just want to know how they're going to be able to do it. So that is the um, only concern, but honestly, I'm excited. I'm not... Versus you, the idea of you course. need you need a director who can control Woody Harrelson. Yes, because, because he can if get, you don't, you're going to get, get the. There. Yeah, man, you better have a director yeah. who can reel him in because also, Woody will go crazy. Play, yeah, and you're asking him to play um, fuck, what's Carnage, Carnage. So he <laughs> can pl- he can go to places. Yeah, so you you kind of want somebody to reel him in. But I'm I'm interested though. I'm interested in seeing uh, how Sony's going to play this one. How whether they're going to play those. I, I have faith in Sony. So unlike unlike you comic book oh, nerds, uh-huh. you you comic book nerds who you know you only you know sit at the tip of Kevin Feige's penis. Wow. I have faith in Sony. I'm willing to see exactly where they're going to go with this. I think the key again, the key part of this Venom sequel is who. Is going to direct it. You can literally have the same people write it, but the director is going to be key. Right. I think these this film is going to be driven way more by the vision that the director gives you than anything else. Right. Clean, right. clean action is going to be the key for Venom. It can't right. look messy because it's going to be a lot of CGI. Oh so yeah. It can't look. Yeah. It can't look messy. So you yes. got to get someone who can shoot it properly and make it look clean. Yeah, hey, I'll jump out there. Let's let's see if we can get Ben Affleck to direct Venom Two. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of a reach, but I'm not again. I'm not averse to that idea, though. I think hey, he can shoot. He can idea. shoot action. Yes, he, he can. can shoot action very well. I don't think he would ever have an issue in reeling in an actor. No, no, because I think it's a pure, it's a pure thing, and he'll be okay with doing that. Yeah, and he's a great director, so it's not like you you you're not getting a drop with Ben Affleck as a director. He's a better director than he is an actor. Wow. But it will be interesting to see Batman directing Venom. Oh, man. Yo, how many DC fans would be mad at that shit? You know what? I want I want that to happen. I want that to happen. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I got an idea, Mo. I got an idea. Oh, don't get too happy. Don't get too carried away. What, what happens if for Venom 2, they got <laughs> Snyder Luther King Jr. to do it? I said don't get carried away. I knew he was getting carried oh. away. We would nope. get a we would get a three hour long oh venom. Rain everywhere. Uh, <coughs> it would be so dark. For no fucking reason. It would be you so dark. Be see, you won't be able to see Venom. Um, of course, you see can't Carnage because he's gonna make that red pop. But then the black is gonna be so black for the red to pop. Oh, so you won't be able to see. I shit. will find him. <laughs> Dead ass. <laughs> that would make it in there for no reason. <laughs> Oh, Carnage would say that shit. Exactly. I will find him. Oh man, I'm so looking forward to Snyder Luther King directing Venom too. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking real. of directors ruining projects that people used to love, this <laughs> week we also saw the Golden Globes. The show that the Hollywood Foreign Press has decided does not matter, and they, they will nominate whatever film they want to and award it, no matter how bad it is. So, Mo, let's talk about some of these winners here. This year, unfortunately, for the first time since I was like 11, I did not watch the Golden Globe Awards because I felt that the films they nominated were pieces of shit for the most part. And I believe Mo didn't, even though he tried to get people to watch. Yeah, I'm I not did. sure if Mo watch watched it. Did you I watch didn't. it, Mo? So, so we're talking blind here, going into some of these uh, categories for best stuffs, and we're going to see maybe they got some things right here. So, <laughs> first award they get, well, not first award, but first award we care about, best drama series. They gave it to the Americans this year. Because you know what? Because it, it, because it's, it's it's last year. Yes, and that's the issue I have with that. I feel like the Americans is an award winning show, but for, not for the season. This season was not what. This is not was, the season they should win this award. You say it, it wasn't the, good. It wasn't that good. Go ahead and say it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yes, compared to <laughs> compared to the earlier seasons. No, you shouldn't have given it an award for this season. No, I, I have an issue with that already. So, no. Again, I love the Americans. Didn't love this season. So, yeah, they, they kind of lost me on that one. So, also, we're going to do this kind of quick because I don't know what the fuck this is. Michael Douglas and a show that I've never heard of won two Golden Globes. He won for... The Kaminsky I've never... I never heard of the show. That is, I don't. I honestly don't know what that is. But I'm looking at the. Uh, but then, if we look at the, because he won for actor, so I'm looking at the. But uh, it also won. But the show also won best comedy, didn't it? 
Uh, best comedy, best comedy, best comedy. I was it, was it, was it? No, it didn't. Drama's oh, yeah, did it? Let me look, let me look, let me look. Uh, actor comedy, actor comedy, comedy series. No, no, no. yes, it definitely did. See what it I mean? Definitely did. It won for best and comedy series. What does this show air on, and why have I never heard of it? I've never seen it, but then if we look at the, I don't fuck, know how Barry fuck, didn't look fuck, because I fuck Barry seen it, one. fuck seen it. I've never heard, I've never heard of this show before. Yeah, I, I haven't either. But how I feel, Barry is the only legitimate show on this list. I feel like that's the show that should have won. Well, for best I comedy, I mean, best actor. Sorry, sorry, Bill Hader should have won in that because. I've never seen K- Kidding um, with Jim Carrey in it. I don't think Atlanta. I don't think Donna Glover should win for Atlanta either. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, we know what does we're not, getting with him. He does not deserve to win. One, this was a yeah, weak so, category, so yeah. Fair. Bill Hader should have won for Barry. Bill Hader should have won. There you go. As, as much as I would question that I believe between The Good Place and Barry, those yes. were the two that should have those won? They should have won for the TV series, 100%. 100%. You know what's going to be funny? The last season of The Good Place, it's going to win. That's what's going to happen. That's, that's so that's sad. Now, this show, Kadensky, whatever, it uh-huh. just came on Netflix last, what, two months ago? I still have never seen it. Never, I've never even heard of it. Never even heard. Of it. Speaking of confusing wins at the Golden Globes, that makes absolutely no sense. Afonso Corleone. Uh-huh. He won. Uh-huh. He won best director for Roma, which was not even nominated for best picture. No, it wasn't. So, <laughs> please explain but, to me how a film that gets nominated for best director, best original screenplay, but doesn't get nominated as one of the top five dramas of the year. You know what? Can you know what they someone makes sense with me. Do you know where they put it? They put it in a film. Yeah, yes, they put it in a foreign film category, but guess what, Mo? I did I don't know if you know this. Clearly the Golden Globes don't know this. A film yeah, that film. a foreign what? film can also win best drama. Yeah, yeah, it can. Definitely one hundred percent. So again, do they hate Netflix? Yes, yes. The Golden Globes. Okay. Well, Hollywood foreign press in general tends to hate Netflix because all the Netflix stands for. And that's why they didn't give Netflix any awards that mattered. Now, let's talk about the only award of the evening they got right, which is Best Animated Feature Film. And oh, yeah. that went to Spider-Verse. Yes, 100%. Y- y- y'all got one. Y'all got one. I mean, Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, Christian Bale for Vice? No. No? Ooh, I was about to, I was about to say fuck ass no. But John C. Riley should have won. Okay, okay. I will clearly say that if if Holmes and Watson didn't come out, I, I think, think he would have won. You're right. I think you're I right. think he he Norbert himself with Holmes and Watson. Mm-hmm. So that's why he didn't win anything. Um, well, maybe they also got right best actress in a musical comedy. That could have been right too. Olivia Coleman. I'm not saying her name right. Yeah. Cole, yeah. Because I was about to call her Come Man, but 
But boy, no. that would have been wrong. Cal <laughs> <laughs> Coleman. Because I'm usually saying Coleman, but it doesn't have the E. But yes. Coleman. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good. She's definitely good. Yeah, she works definitely. in that room. When we get the best actor in a drama, mm. I'm not going to fight you much on that. I would have gave it to Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased, but I'm not mad with Bohemian Rhapsody getting an award there. Oh, just why didn't they give to him in musical though? I don't wouldn't know. He be, wouldn't he be musical? <laughs> you would think so, right? I'm not yeah, even going to bring kinda... that up. Not even going to oh, yeah, bring that up. I am not going to bring it up. It makes no sense to me. Where they royally fucked up with that drama motion picture. To me, what they also fucked up at is best actress in a drama and giving that award to Glenn Close. And what yeah. I mean by that is um, fuck all of them actresses mm-hmm. where the fuck is Viola Davis for Widows? Fuck all them other actresses. Fuck Glenn Close. Fuck Lady Gaga. Fuck Nicole Kidman. Fuck wow. Melissa McCartney. Fuck Miss Pike. I am not being disrespectful, nor am I saying those are good actresses and those are great performances they give. Mm-hmm. They are, but you feel it is perfect. not a real category without Viola Davis being nominated for Widows. That category is not real to me. It didn't even exist. So, screw all you ladies equally. (laughs) Speaking of being screwed equally, best musical or comedy. And they gave it to White Man Saves Black Man. White Hero, White Savior Story, Green Book. That has Mary Poppins. So what are you trying to say? Is Mary Poppins not that good? Mary Poppins That's- is not that fucking good. Wow. Not not good enough to be in this category, in all honesty. Like, it's misplaced there. It has no... It's the only musical. So I understand why it got nominated, but it wasn't... It's like when they nominated the best showman. The movie wasn't good. You just nominated it because it was a musical. Same uh-huh. thing with Mary Poppins. The favorite, I'm not, I'm still, I always say that wrong. I don't know why. New and words don't work well. Y'all already know. I ain't got to keep on explaining myself with words. But that is the best. Yes, that comedy. is your best movie right there. That yeah. is the best comedy. Matter of fact, screw comedy. It is literally movie. close to being the best movie drama. out of both yeah. categories. Yeah. But yeah. for best drama, listen here. I Fuck don't y'all. understand. Fuck, fuck all of y'all. Um, there's no way in hell Bohemian Rhapsody is the best of anything. It's not even the best Queen movie released, let alone the best drama of the year. Are you fucking kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. If, if we're gonna go with just the films that you nominated, if Bill Street is so much better than every other film in yeah. this category, how yeah. the hell did that not win? Like, yep. are yep. y'all kidding me here? It's bad enough. Y'all didn't nominate Widows. You did nominate Leave No Trace. Like, Roma, which clearly should have been in this category and clearly should have won Best Picture and Best Foreign Picture. Instead, you give it to Bohemian Rhapsody. This is why you have no credibility, Golden Globes. This is why no one cares about your little punk-ass show. 
because you do stupid shit like this and you fucking nominate a movie that no one agree. It Bohemian Rhapsody was the lowest reviewed film to win a Golden Globe in 30 years. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. a reason for that. The movie is a fucking sing-along. That's what you're going to see. It's a sing-along. That's it, man. Are we crazy people? Are we stupid, Mo? Do they think we're stupid, Mo? I, again, like you said, it's it's a please just watch me kind of award show because if not, you can't explain any of these awards. You cannot. You can't. <clears throat> well, because I don't want to harp too long on this piece of shit of a show. Let's harp on another show that does deserve to be watched. This week, we got the release, finally, of season three of Young Justice. Why this one entitled okay. The Outsiders, a.k.a. <laughs> Batman said, fuck y'all niggas. Yo. So, <laughs> so Mo. I'm tired of Batman and shenanigans at this point. I love, I love, I love Batman. I love like what Robin Batman said. did here. Like, like Robin said in a um, Titans. Uh, Titans. <laughs> fuck Batman. At this point, fuck him. But yeah, um, I liked it. I like those three. Ep- I like the release strategy. It's three apiece for every week because I think they're going twenty something. Yeah, so yeah, they're three. doing they're doing three, 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 and then four. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine with that. I liked these episodes that we got because somehow in all three episodes that we got this week, we got the main conflict and we got some kind of resolution. So they're not going to give us cliffhangers. I mean, even though there is the cliffhanger for the major of the season, we're still going to get some resolution. Per, it's like a uh, it's like a cluster. build monster of the week. Into yes, yes. They they almost tailor it after the CW shows a little bit. Yes, yes. Because whatever happens inside this week is gonna get closed. And then but the major story is gonna play out. So I I liked it. I liked it. I kinda like the characters we got. What's interesting though is I'm guessing Aquaman has decided, okay, uh, Arthur has decided I'm gonna be king. And so he sends um Calderon up as Aquaman. So you go be Aquaman. I'm just going to be king. I like that part. So, not only is he Aquaman, he's the leader of the Justice the League. The so yes. No, no, no. He's the leader of the Justice League. Yes, he is. He is the leader. So right. it almost looks like Young Justice is kind of like annexed with the Justice League a little bit. They're still kind of Justice League. Or they're kind of, no, not, not still. They're actually kind of Justice League because He's still the one calling out their missions. He's still the one giving them stuff to do. So he's taking the Batman role. Yes. Remember, at first it was Batman who would call out Bat- their missions. Yes. yes. So he's taking yes. on the Batman role. So I, what, what I liked about it is that it looks like we're going to take the focus away from the older members of the league, yes. which would have been yes. him, Robin, Wally's dead. Artemis. Yeah. Um, white, green, Martian, and wow. Superboy. So we're going to take the focus off of them and try to focus on some of the newer characters, along yes. with us now focusing on a revamped Black Lightning, who yeah. miraculously has grown a beard and hair 
since his last time on Young Justice when he was just a bald black man. Oh my god. <laughs> At the end of season two, where they show us Black Lightning, he is bald. Mm-hmm. He looks absolutely nothing like he looks at the beginning nope. of season three. <laughs> Wait, did he have the beard at the beginning of the episode, or did he have it, you know, like no, no. after he the had it, he had it. Yep, he had it the whole episode. Okay, okay. But yeah, so the premise of Black Lightning, I said Black Lightning, of Young Justice is that, you know, they're dealing with um, human trafficking or metahuman trafficking and stealing kids. And, and turning them into metahumans and using them to fight, you know, wars and whatever. So we kind of get a look into the world, but we also kind of get like the, where it's coming from. So when the first three episodes, it show us the major players and what to expect from the rest of the season. And I was like, I was very okay with it. I was like, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, so like Lou said, most of the characters that we usually would get, you know, the Martian, um, the white, Mar- uh, green Martian, uh, Ms. Martian, who I think at the end of, because in, in season two, we found out she was a white Martian. So I think now she's like, okay with wearing her white Martian face. So we get to see her but as a white not, Martian. She's not willing to show her actual face because we saw what she actually yeah. looks like. Yeah. And it ain't, yeah, it ain't, it's not that one that we saw. Pretty. Yeah, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. Yeah, so so she's decided, you know, to you know to go as a white Martian, kind of sort of, but humanly pleasing. And um, so Jefferson quits the Justice League before everybody else does. Or no, no, he quits no, for a different, a different he reason. He quit, Batman, he quit, Batman quits first, and then Batman yes, gets whatever. Arrow, Katana, Plastic Man, and all his little bat disciples. To quit the so they could do so they could do their spinoff show. Right, right. Which is gonna be <laughs> Batman Incorporated. I'm not crazy. I really dig the way uh Lightning said, I'm not joining your little Batman yeah. Incorporated. like with Yo, that, that was if if he would have said that I, line I, 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 and they I had them when he said if he'd have said that I, line I, and they would have and they would have turned his head to the camera. Like he's looking directly at us, and he said, "I'm not gonna be here for your Batman Incorporated." I said, "Oh, Jack, Batman's getting his own cartoon. I can't wait." Right, uh, that would have been dope. No, nah, but yeah. So Jefferson quit because he feels like he murdered a kid. He got played somehow. But the rest of the street. The rest of the other uh, Justice League members quit because <coughs> Lex Luthor and the Reach have infiltrated the UN and are using, you know, politics to hold them back from doing their jobs. So he's like, you know what, we're not, you know, we're not going to be listening to you guys anymore. We're not yeah, going to play this long political game. We're done. You know, we made this thing to help people. We're not even being, you know, we're not, you know, it was, it was simple. Which, like that, which is so. great because after the Sokovia Accords and everything <laughs> that happened, they feel, why should we have to listen to the government and they hold us back and they weren't going to deal with it. And then Jefferson and his yeah. father go to the UN and his father dies. And then Jefferson has to find Adam and chase him down because he killed his father. And then Superman, who's best friends with Adam, goes to save him. And then Batman teams up with them all as they all fight at an airport. Sounds about right. 
You done? Yep. I think I'm thinking about okay. right about this. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I am. I am interested in seeing how they continue or they push that storyline with the rest of the Justice League members quit. I just, I just gonna hope they quit and then that's it. They have to have some sort of resolution to that. But again, you know, it's a big. It's no, but Mo, we know the resolution, Mo. What they going No, they're not Batman Incorporated. <laughs> Yeah, the airport, oh, if they oh, all fight it, I, I guarantee oh, they're going to fight at a spaceport. No. Oh, shit. Anyway, they're going to fight anyway, at a spaceport. What did you think? How about, how about, what did you think of the episodes? How about that? Let's, let's go well, that first. I've, I've actually seen the episodes at least three times because I was a tad bit confused. Not by the storyline, okay. but the pace that right. throws me off with it. I really liked the second episode. That was the to me that was the best out yes. of the first three bunch. Yes. The first was. episode was next. It's really good. The third episode, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the mutant prince, but I understand on a grand scheme of things where they're going with that one. But yes. that second episode to me set so oh, much so stuff good. up. Man, so, yeah. from from the way it comes on. To the meeting at the UN, which is the Civil War reference, when they're meeting at the UN, and when the guy <laughs> goes into a speech about how no heroes or vigilantes are going to be allowed in their country, and we see right. them going into the, I said, dude, that is so dope. That was right, dope. right, because it's, it's it's very interesting how they layered that one because they made it while he was talking. They're going into the country. I thought that was really good. Yes. Um, where so and Beast Boy, I'm sorry, and Beast Boy at the beginning. Yes, I really like Beast Boy at the beginning. He had the loose, you know, like every there's so many characters, and you got to do so much with them, so you can't have all of them on on screen at the same time. So yes, I like that how they're doing it. I feel like every we're gonna get major characters in this one, and I feel like they're gonna get to do their own thing. Uh, I think I think so also. I think that's gonna be the key part. Is that we're going to get a lot of? I feel like Static Shock is going to be a huge character on this show. Yes, he has to. And I, and I think they're tuning him up to be a huge character because, as much as I love Batman spinoff, I believe we're going to get a Young Justice spinoff with Static, and maybe we get it where they like have a young team, maybe like Static and Robin. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Well, no, Rob is going to be on Batman Incorporated. So maybe oh. Static and Wonder Girl. That would be nice. Because they're pushing Static. You, you can tell that by having Jefferson come off as his mentor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. all honesty, Static is the character that needs to be pushed because he's like, he's the one character everyone's waiting to see in live action. Yes. And yeah. And because we're, we kind of are waiting to see if he's going to come up in the show or at any point. So, yeah, I don't I don't. I mean, because Black Lightning already has bang babies. So might as well <laughs> just go ahead and get static on there. Ayo, ayo. So that, that's I think that's a quick little review that we just did for Young Justice. Um, and this is something we're going to do weekly, people. Every week with an episode of Lucas and Mo, we're going to review Young Justice until we get to the Doom Patrol. Yes. <laughs> Until we get to the Doom Patrol. Um, Speaking of stuff that nobody asked for, because, you know, while people were asking for Young Justice, I don't believe the next topic anyone really, really, really asked for it. Bad Boys 3. 
Um, it's began shooting. I think it's starting shooting already. And um, the synopsis, or really what the movie is going to be about, got released. Um, mm. Lou, have you have you seen the plot details for this movie? I un- unfortunately I did see the synopsis for this movie. Are you going to read it for the people, Mo? Yes, yes. Let's let's do that. Please, please read this very shitty sounding synopsis for these people. Let's do this shit real quick. Hey, so. So the movie, the film will see Martin Lawrence's character, Marcus, working as a private eye after falling out with Will Smith's character, Mike Lowry. Which we see at the end of Bad Boys 2. Yes, who is going through a midlife crisis as a bachelor who finally wants to mature and settle down, and all while dealing with a new and young cocky partner who is loyal to Lowry, but that loyalty is not reciprocated. Um, Mm. Already, right? In every cop movie, every one of them. (laughs) <laughs> and and he finds the um bond with um marcus when he returns to the fray lowry and uh marcus are brought back together again when a lean mean skilled albanian mercenary with a vendetta puts a death order on lowry and burnett and burnett for the death of his brother now the two must work together once again to bring him down yeah that's it Oh, did you leave out the part of synopsis where we get to talk about how his ex-girlfriend, the one that got away, is involved in all of this too? So, people, 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 again, if this is a movie, I don't think there's too many people who ask for Bad Boys 3, especially after Michael Bay damn near killed our eardrums with Bad Boys 2. But we're gonna... But we're going to get Bad Boys 3, and we're going to get the most generic-sounding movie humanly possible. Here's the thing, people. Here's the thing. This is going to be a Will Smith movie featuring Martin Lawrence. This is not going to be a Bad Boys movie, because Bad Boy movies normally have them sharing equal time. I don't believe they're going to do equal time. I think it's going to be Will Smith-centric. Will kind of hot right now. He's, he's, he's doing this new Instagram rediscover mission that's going on with him this rebrand is amazing with will so sony decided hey will's hot let's do bad boys 3 i'm wondering is michael bay returning to direct this movie i don't know i hope not (laughs) because if he is oh oh my god everything's gonna blow up everything's gonna blow up if michael bay directed this movie everything i really i really hope michael b is directing this movie because as bad as that synopsis sounds man you better give me some good action scenes and make me want to see this piece of shit other than that i have no interest in seeing the bad boys for life so 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 the movie the movie yes the movie's called bad boys for life right but then the e is a three wow <sighs> you like that <laughs> Mo, we already know we already know how shitty this movie's gonna be look here Sony has been on this new revamp mission, and I know people are thinking, with everything Sony's got going on positive, why the hell would they do with Bad Boys 3? And for all those people that wonder that, let's just bring up, it's a Bad Boys movie. I think box office is already guaranteed for this movie, so they just like, man, let's do it. Let's go balls to the wall. Let's see what happens. It's going to be so loud. So much stuff is going to blow up. So many Will Smith jokes are going to go and be horrible. 
This is gonna so be time out, time out. Who is this brother that died? Is it the wait the Albanian? Was that look no, here? Bad boy no mo. You will not do. You won't. You won't do that mo. You will okay. not. You will, so they they let me phrase this. They better not die hard three this movie and make it his brother from another kid. Like they better not because right now they are very close to copying Lethal Weapon four. You can't copy Lethal Weapon 4 and Die Hard 3 to get Bad Boys 3. Okay. Alright. That's that's all I got for this one. I I pray that that's the case. I pray. But I'm also praying that Michael Bay gets $300 million to make this movie as loud and as... It's it's just a little over... It's just a little over 100. I mean, they haven't said how much over, but they said it's over 100, so... Oh, then it's 200, then. (laughs) <laughs> it's 200 it's Michael Bay. can we just move on from this one it's, it's Michael Bay we can't do no low budget Michael Bay movie Michael Bay doesn't do movies he doesn't direct movies let me rephrase that he does do movies he does not direct movies that have budgets under 150 million dollars true true very true so oh, Lord, as we're wrapping ready. up this episode as we're wrapping up this episode of Lucas and Mo. We have one more category, which is Lucas and Moe's throwback movie review. Last week, Mo threw you all back to 1996. Well, or 95. Was it 95, Mo? I think it was 95. Yes, 95, yeah. 95 with uh, our 2018 nominee for Nasty Nigga of the Year, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> and his breakthrough performance in... Right. The usual suspects. Now, for me, it was a little bit harder to pick a film. I thought about picking BVS at one point. Thought about Man of Steel. I thought about Green Lantern, which will be in a later episode. I will review Green Lantern. I'm telling you now. I will review Green Lantern, and I don't recall that movie being that bad when I originally saw it, so I need to see it again to see if it is really bad, and I just didn't notice it because I was drunk while I watched it. Then I thought about another film. I'm not going to bring it up because I do believe later on I am going to want to do a, a retro review on it, and it's something that deserves a ret- It really deserves a retro review. But on this movie, I have decided to pick one of my favorite movies of all time. Would you like to try to guess what this is, Mo? Um... Shit, one of your favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely not LA Confidential. So Cause I would have said favorite movie of all time if it was LA okay. Confidential. Shit, I I give up. Because I know you have at least six. I'm not even gonna try. Go ahead. Let us know. I don't think anybody would have guessed this one. This movie is the nineteen ninety film directed by Remy. Harlan, who I think he's coming right off of Die Hard when he directed this movie. This movie stars the comedic genius Andrew Dice Clay. The name of the movie is The Adventures <laughs> of Ford Fairlane. Oh, now, people, no. I oh, no. This, <laughs> I picked this movie because this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's, it's not only one of my favorite movies of all time, it's a movie that I will acknowledge is absolutely horrible but i have seen this movie like 100 to 150 times i watch it every time it comes on television i pay 
$35 for the VHS of this movie. Then I turned around when VHSs went out of style and I paid $30 for the DVD of this movie. If it comes on Blu-ray, I, I refuse to even buy a Blu-ray movie. But if it comes on Blu-ray, I am buying it. If it comes in Blu-ray 4K, I am buying it. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. For the people out there who don't know what Ford Fairlane is, let me read you the synopsis. Mo, don't you laugh oh at my choice, my damn it. God. Just because just, you didn't see it coming. Don't no, you I didn't. laugh God. at my choice. <clears throat> Here we are with the synopsis, people. The fast-paced and often steamy world of rock and roll is his beat. But even Detective Ford Fairlane is stunned when the king of shock jocks, Johnny Crunch, is electrocuted on air. After all, Crunch was his only paying client. Crunch had hired Ford to track down a mysterious teenage groupie named Zuzu Petals. A search which quickly finds Ford tangled up and trading insults with a reckless record producer played by Wayne Newton and a merciless hitman played by Robert England. Here we have people the 1990 classic film, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Now, this movie also stars. Don't you laugh at my movie, Mo. Told you that. Don't you fucking laugh at my movie, goddammit. Don't you laugh at my movie. This movie also stars Priscilla Presley, Lauren, Lauren Holly, Morris Day, Ed O'Neill. If you listen to this cast, this is an amazing cast for this movie. It's an amazing cast for this movie here. Okay? So, uh -huh. as the movie begins, again, we first get the first glimpses of Ford Fairlane as he orders a milkshake that they set on fire because that's what we did in the 90s. We had milkshakes with alcohol in it and we set it on fire to make it look cool. He ends up getting the case from the Pussycat Dolls, that is actually the name of the group, and then we later on get another name of a group called the Pussycat Dolls in real life, as they are harassed by a guy named Sam the Sleazebag who keeps on showing them his penis at every one of their shows, and they hire Ford Fairlane to track this man down and stop him from showing him their penis. Well, showing his penis to them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> As we get past all of that, because none of that actually matters, I just like that because it's fucking funny. And we get to see Tone Lope tell a guy he's about to have the worst day of his life as he breaks his boombox. This is back when boomboxes cost like $800 to get a boombox. To the point he broke Tone Lope's boombox, he was in deep shit for that one. But then we get to Zuzu Pedals, Johnny Crunch, Priscilla Presley's character, Wayne Newton's character. It's a lot going on in this movie. It makes absolutely no sense. All centered around computer discs that they're trying to discover because it shows that Wayne Newton character is stealing money from his record label to fund something that no one actually knows, nor does it make sense that he's doing it. He goes ahead, he kills this awesome musical act who is making all of this money, who Zuzu Pedals is in love with, along with other girls as they are giving head to people to attend his funeral. Again, 
in the nineties, we made people pay to see us die. So just notice, like it just it I makes sense to us in the nineties. I'm still kind of shook. I was not expecting this. Then we get the big action scenes: Wayne Newton, Andrew Dice Clay, Lauren Holly gets like ridiculously beaten up by men in this movie. Again, it's the nineties. In the nineties, it was okay to hit women and hit them really, really hard on film. So none of that matters because also for Fairlane smokes cigarettes throughout this entire movie. We have a little kid who cusses throughout the entire movie. They kill a fucking koala bear in this movie. Like, if you haven't seen Adventures of Ford Fairlane, it tends to come on cable a lot now. Please check out your local cable provider. Pick up this film. It's so much going on here. It's so many penis jokes in this movie. It's so many sex jokes in this movie. It's so much action in this movie. This is actually a really good film. They got trashed by critics because Andrew Dice Clay is in it. I thought if Bruce Willis would have been in this, which this feels like a Bruce Willis project, and at one point it was a Bruce Willis project, if he would have starred in it, I think the reception on it would be completely different than it is now from critics. It ended up gaining a cult following in the early 2000s because overseas in countries, I know, don't laugh, like Norway, Hungary, and Spain, this is one of the top selling VHSs or DVDs of all time. So because of that, and along with midnight showings in the U.S., it became a cult film, especially because of Andrew Dice Clay, who for a while there, he went away after MTV banned him. We didn't get to see him. Ford Fairlane was the only time we saw him. The very first time I saw Ford Fairlane was at 2.30 in the morning on Channel 45 in D.C. They showed movies like this, and I fell in love the moment I saw it. And again, I have seen it a hundred times since then. So, Mo. There's my kind of love fest of a throwback movie review. Because here's the thing, people. I could tell you the plot of this movie. It is absolutely stupid. I could tell you the story and how it ends. It is absolutely stupid. There's no reason to do any of that. I just want to tell you how I feel when I watch Ford Fairlane. And I feel special. I feel like a kid again. I freaking love this movie. They kill a fucking koala bear. Do you know how bad it is to kill a koala bear in a movie? Do you? They kill a no, koala bear. Then, the then they, yes, then they resurrect a koala bear in this movie. Ford Fairlane gets to chant a summoning spell with sorority sisters. Makes no sense, but I love it, and I believe some of them are topless in the movie, too, for some weird reason. That we don't ask, we just enjoy the titty. This is an awesome movie. If you're just looking for a movie on a Saturday that you know is going to be bad, it's going to have action in it, it's going to have the perfect early 90s, late 80s soundtrack to it. Andrew Dice Clay even does a song in the movie. An awesome song. I got women to the left of me. Yeah, yeah. I got women to the right of me. Yeah, yeah. But I ain't got you. Like It's, it's awesome. It's awesome on so many levels. So this is my review of the 1990 cult classic, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Now, top that, Mo. Uh, 
I can't. I cannot. You win. You win. You win. Oh, oh, I got to uh, give it a grade. I got to give it a grade. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> My grade for Ford Fairlane is an A. It's an A movie. I don't care how bad this movie is. I freaking love this movie. So it's I wish you could movie. see my face right now. I just really wish y'all could see my face right now because <laughs> just because. But you know what? You know what? You know what? This is your movie. This is your review. Have you ever <laughs> seen The Adventures of Four Fairlane? Twice in my whole entire life. And I will not do it again. I think the first time I saw it, I was too young to see it. So I liked it. I really enjoyed it because, again, like you said, it was just some shit that we usually see in the 90s. It was it was a lot. It was a this movie is a lot to take in back then. And it's still a lot to take in right now. I, I don't understand how. And I think my my I'm with the critics on this one where Andrew Dice Clay is the only reason that I'm like, yeah, this movie this movie doesn't work with Andrew Dice Clay in it. It works if you gave him great with Andrew Dice Clay in it. Critics just don't like Andrew Dice Clay. It works with Andrew Dice Clay in it. Okay, I love Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider, sat down beside her, and said, "Hey, what's in the bowl, bitch?" Like I love Andrew Dice Clay, man. And I love this movie. And uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Thank you for rocking with us on this interesting episode. On this interesting episode, episode fifty-one. Um, what is this? I, I have no words. I think Lucas just really threw me off with his movie review. But now, nah, thank you very much for rocking with us. Um, on this one, um, who do you think should direct Venom 2? Let us know down in the comment section below. Um, uh, the Golden Globes, are you okay with the decisions or are you like with, are you with us or are you like, nah, they did right by the movies they gave? Are you excited for Glass? Are you anticipating it? Do you anticipate Glass to be a, a, a like a Aquaman type of movie or Venom type of movie where the critics hate it and it becomes like you know I don't see it being Aquaman, but I'm about to say because critics didn't critics didn't hate Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you see it being a Venom type movie where the critics are saying no and it becomes a hit, or do you think again like me, it's M Night Shyamalan and I'm not you know I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not buying M. Night Shyamalan. I never, after, again, The Lady in the Water was the movie where I stopped buying it. <laughs> you really, The Lady in the Water fucked you over. That's what it is. It, it is really, okay. It really, I was like, that was at the height for me of Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, yo, it's gonna be greatness. Like, I'm expecting, and it was so boring and bad. And the weird part is, know, it wasn't The Lady in the Water that did it for me. The Lady Border, I was like, okay, that's eh, it's not good, but it's not that bad. Yeah, it was the happening. Oh my god, the happening because the hat again, as somebody once said, M. Night Shyamalan directs great trailers because that yeah. happening trailer oh is god, fucking, fucking amazing. Yes. And yes. I said, oh my god, what is going on? And then we get to the movie. Uh-huh. And that could be the worst movie ever made. And I'm like, oh my God. That at that point I checked out on M. Night Shaman Lamb. I said, yeah. nope, not watching anything else from him. 
I did end up watching the Airbender, and uh, eventually I did end up watching After Earth. Uh, it was years after both of those films came out that I watched them, and both of them were pieces of shit. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go see Airbender in, in theaters. I didn't see After Earth in theaters. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, I was over him. But I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who are anticipating this movie because of Glass. Um, because of um Split. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you guys. Um, have fun with that because I'm over that. Um, Young Justice season three. Have you seen it? What do you think of the review? Let us know down in the comment section below. Thank you for rocking with us again. We will catch you on the next episode. Actually, you know where these episodes can be found. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. About the same places you can catch The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. All you all watch it, comment in the sections below or on wherever else you comment on because I don't even know how this shit works. But let us know how much you love this movie like I love this movie. You know what? You know what would piss me off? Like we haven't got, we don't get that many comments on YouTube, but we're gonna get so many. We're gonna get spammed because of fucking Ford Fairlane. I'm so mad. <laughs> or, or you're gonna get so many comments of people saying, "Man, this movie's great. I love this movie. I can't believe you all talked about this movie." I'm telling you, I'm telling right, you. Right. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Uh-huh.